0: Let's welcome Steve. Steve is from Compassion, and uh, many of you know Steve. Steve's been a friend of mine for a a number of years. We have prayed together many times. I always come away feeling encouraged from a time with Steve. I love your heart for unity in the church, to see the churches connected to one another, and most of all to Jesus. And Steve also has a big heart for children and seeing transformation in the nations, and... uh, I don't know if you're sticking with your topic today. We were discussing some things that were getting us fired up the other day. But maybe just stick on topic for today. But if you want extra, he's got extra (laughs) after the service. There's also a compassion stand outside. Make sure you stop by there this morning. So can I pray for you? Yes, please. And then it's over to you. Lord, thank you for Steve. And we thank you for the work of compassion, Lord. We thank you for this ministry. Uh, That's after your heart, this ministry to the poor and the needy. And we ask your blessing on that organization. And this morning as Steve and his family are with us, we're asking a blessing on Mm, them. That they would be strengthened in their inner being by the power of your spirit. And as Steve shares with us now, we're asking for grace upon his words to bring forth your living word. Lord, let your word touch us today. Let us see what you're seeing. Hear what you're wanting to say to us today for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jace. Ah, guys. So,
1: when I was a little fa- young fella, me and Trent, we always thought, well, I don't know if you thought Trent, I just thought Jace was so cool, and every time I got to spend time with Jase, it was like, he's so cool. Does he even like me? I don't know. Anyway, now we're friends, so it looks like he likes me. <laughs> I genuinely feel an honor to be at this church. Um, as part of Compassion, I get to share at many churches. I just feel so humbled to be here because of your love for Jesus and uh, the way you have lifted him up in our city. Uh, I feel like this is such a precious part of the Father's heart is, is revealed in this church. So to speak here, I feel such a humility to be here in this place where, where the longing for Jesus to return is fully realized and prayed. And I honour you for the work you do in the city. I know you do a lot in Fremantle, in the city of Fremantle, but I know that uh, Wayne's influence goes across the city. I remember once we uh, we brought all the Burmese pastors together in Perth for the first time, and Wayne just spoke with them and brought them together and spoke such a great word, such an honoured couple in our city. So I'm here with my family, Roz. She's taking the kids out. We've got Pete, Charlotte, and Lily, and, and Trent and Gift Gifter here as well with us with Compassion. Thank you so much for having us. It's so good to build on this relationship between Compassion and Free on New Life. It's so exciting. Let's keep building it. You know, this relationship is wonderful. But why is it wonderful? This is why it is wonderful. Because Jesus completely broke poverty on the cross. He broke it. He destroyed every part of poverty there is, and he said to his church, go release it. Go bring it out. And so you, your church, with the churches on the border of My- on Myanmar and Thailand, we're working together to outwork what Lord King Jesus did on the cross to see transformation in, ch- in children's lives. And this is how many children you're releasing from poverty in Jesus' name. 51. 51 during COVID. 51, while Myanmar has been going through a great persecution to the Karen. When this people group are so broken, and I have a lot of Karen friends in the city, and they are so broken. 51 children and their families. You're empowering the local church to outwork what Christ has done on the cross, and I honor you for that. In the last 12 months, 100 letters have been sent between you and these precious children. I encourage you, uh, don't hold back. Give them memory verses. Tell them you're praying for them. Declare what God's declaring over them. Tell them about your dog and your fish as well. But tell them about your relationship with Jesus. It means so much. Speak life into them, in part, so into them. Believe what God has poured into you will be poured into them and poured into that nation. So churches across Fremantle, Malville, Coburn have come together. And uh, Wayne was one of the first people I shared this vision with. I asked him for his permission and blessing before we did this in Fremantle. I remember we were having a beautiful meal together in Fremantle. But I want to let you know, since that time when we caught up, 20 churches have come together in this region and are sponsoring 550 children. This changes a nation. This... 550, imagine they said to Fremantle, we're going to give you guys 550 young Christian leaders 20 years from now. You know, we're going to put them through this course for 20 years. And we're going to bring them to you. What would it do to Fremantle? It would bless this city. You are blessing a region which is 80% refugees. That whole region where these churches are 80%. Thank you, I honor you. You are transforming regions. I know it and I honor you for it. All these children um, during the pandemic have needed extra love. And so the, the local church has been really focusing on how to bring child protection to these children. This area has a lot of exploitation because it is a refugee area. Um, May which is the main city there where Wayne and I spent some time. There's a lot of trafficking there. So I just want to thank you um, for, for what you are doing. And I want to ask you to keep praying for these kids. Like pray a covering of Christ over them and over these local churches in this time. It is in the middle of like a spiritual warfare place, this area. And so keep the prayer up for these children. I want to share this video with you. And this video shows how these local churches that you're partnered with and the other churches in this region are partnered with are serving these children during the pandemic.
2: Praying for you. Hi, my name is Griyanchani Ampai Pong. I am a senior manager of program support in Thailand country and also I am a former sponsor shy. On behalf of Compassion Sponsor Shy, I would like to say hello and thank you to all of you who are sponsoring students in Thailand. We have 178 church partners in Thailand, so in total, we have about 54,000 sponsored students. When our country has to be locked down because of COVID-19, it becomes shortage of food and income for the family.
3: The first lockdown was so dramatic because a whole bunch of beneficiaries, parents or family have lost their job. People who rely on that daily labor, they only have a daily food. And that was the first time that seeing children was starving. On top of that, Many communities, many areas ran out of um, water. The majority of our beneficiary families, they are farmers as well, so without water they can't grow their crops.
2: But because of sponsor that not stop support the children during this pandemic, it helps a lot. It helped our church partner to be able to help and support with the relief package or emergency kits. They also help not just register children. They reach to all the community and help the hygiene, help with food security during this time.
3: This 19-year-old girl, she just lost her father two years ago. She said to me she couldn't imagine her life growing up without compassion. She can stand up and stay strong because she has the project staff always beside her. She got a scholarship into a Christian university because the project staff encouraged her just to write a letter telling what she dreams to be. Children just need someone to be there for them. And, and that brings hope, and it helps children to be able to dream through COVID last year. We had many families come to know Christ and accept Christ life. Through the work of Project staff, they have seen that Project staff have been praying for their family, for their children. That
2: really something that gives me hope for this year ahead. Thank you for all the sponsor. You play a big role in the children's life. So to all the supporters
3: for Children in. And- Mm-hmm. I really want to thank you for continually to support these children. We love you. We are thankful for you. Stay strong, naka.
1: Let's pray, Father. We pray for these children in Jesus' name. We bring them before you. We love them. We know you love them. We pray that the love that the Father has for these children, that this church would love these fifty-one year old, these fifty-one children, and any more children that are sponsored today, Father, that we would love them. The way we write to them would be the Father's words to these children, and we would write your love to these children, Father. Father, what verses do you want them to memorize? Give it to us to encourage them, Father. Father, I pray that poverty will be broken in that region and that, Father, you would raise up great Christian agents of change who will bring transformation in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the word. We pray your blessing upon it. Say what you want to say. Reveal the Father's heart to us. Reveal who we are in Christ together. Spirit of God, we honor you in this place. Amen. This last week, I've been reading John 17. I've been going through the Gospels, I'm up to John 17, and, and uh, I caught up with Jason and Dan on Wednesday, spontaneously just dropped into the church, hoping they'd be there, and they were, and they were really busy, but they're like, let's hang out for a little bit, Steve, so it's really nice, I had a little chat, and I just want to kind of share what I've been reading, what I've been thinking about this last week, and share my heart with you, and the, the message that um, Jason asked me to share was transforming children and transforming nations, And I really believe this is what's happening on the border of Thailand and Myanmar. But I also believe that as we sow into them, it sows into something locally. That there's a grace for us to learn from them. To say, these churches are completely laying down their lives to serve these children. How can we lay down our lives? How can a church, how can the church... Lay in our lives to serve the, church, the children in the city. And I know that FCC is such a front-running school where that is being outworked in our state. So John 17, it finishes with the high priestly prayer. At the end of the high, high priestly prayer, it says this. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. My wife and I have been thinking about this this last week, about what does it mean in our marriage that our oneness, our love for each other would host the glory of God, that we would be aware of the wonderful trinity and the way we love each other, the precious presence of God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and their movements would be so alive, not just in me and not just in Roz, but alive in our oneness, revealed in our oneness that we have for each other. And we've been thinking about what does it mean for us as a family with our three children, our love for each other, that in our love, in our oneness that is from the Father, we would have this glory of God. We love to um, get the guitar out. Like I've got, a, I've got a guitar and I love to get the guitar out say, so kids, it's prayer time. And um, just I really don't know many songs except for like three of the old vineyard songs from 1992. And so we do those songs for about 10 minutes and then we do about 30 minutes of spontaneous worship. And um, I really struggle to sing in key, but my kids don't even care. And I, uh, the melody changes every time. Like, I'll do a, I'll do the, I'll like think of a good line, and then, like, a minute later, the melody's gone, and I'm doing something else. And it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. What matters is my family together, loving each other, and letting God's glory be in our home. There's a lot of dancing. And we'll start with a little bit of fun dancing. But we're going to end up with some beautiful dancing in the Trinity. I want my kids to grow up. That the Father, the Son, the Spirit dance in our family room and we dance with them. I want them to know that His movements are here. As we dance, they dance. To believe this and it just be the way they grow up. We choose the right music in our home. So our family grow up in the glory of God. If me and Rosie can own it, our kids can grow up in it earlier this year, uh, Pete, he thought he heard us call his name. So he went into our bedroom and Mum and dad were asleep and he went back to his bedroom. And then, uh, he was reading his devotional. His devotional was about Mary and Martha and, and Mary just sitting at Jesus feet. And then we went to our church red door down the road and, uh, the service was doing the Mary and Martha story. And he's like, oh, so good. Same story. And then, uh, he gets home and we're pack, unpacking the car and and Pete goes to his bedroom, and he hears his name called again. And he, like, comes and runs. Hey, did you guys call me? No, we didn't call you, Pete. And we go, oh, what's going on? And we realized he was hearing God call us. So we said, Pete, here's what you say. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And, and so we just started speaking to him, and we realized, like, Pete, this Mary and Martha story, the way you have it in your devotional, hey, he's calling you to his feet. He's calling you to his feet. And then... uh we, we started praying the Samuel prayer over him. And on Thursday, we had a couple and their kids come over to hang out. And um, uh, Pete just shared the story with this family of how he'd heard God's voice and what it was like to hear God's audible voice. And he just communicated brilliantly. I was like blown away that Pete was communicating like this. I've always struggled to um, get him to speak honorably to parents and um, that night, I felt like I needed to honor my son. So they had left. It was about 9 o'clock at night. And I went into his bedroom. I got Roz. And I just wanted to honor him. I said, Pete, I just want to honor you for how you communicated today. And I said, we're just going to pray for you. And so I started praying for Pete. And I just prayed this blessing over him. And then Rosie prayed a blessing over Pete. And as Rosie prayed for Pete, and he was just in his bedroom. And it was goodnight prayers. You can do goodnight prayers religious. Or you can do goodnight prayers in the Trinity same way this church hosts the presence of God in the prayer room. It belongs in your kids' rooms as you say goodnight to them. He wants to reveal his glory in those moments with you. When you and your wife are praying, when you and your, your friends are praying, that same glory is there for you and your love for each other. And as Rosie's praying for me, he hear God's voice for the third time. And, and he told us afterwards, I said, Pete, are you sure it wasn't when I was praying? It was definitely mum. Okay, we will note that. No, I that. I didn't say that. And then as he fell asleep, he heard God say, to this, say this to him audibly. He said, this is the year of communication. And so we've been meditating on that. And what I want to share with you is there is no limit To where the glory of God can go when the family of God are loving in a way that the Father and Son's oneness, we are resting into it, knowing it, believing it, and expecting his movements. I believe there is a move happening in the church, a wineskin, that is our love for each other. Our oneness in Christ where the Father's goes, here's where I'll rest my glory. And it's not bound by four walls because this love we have for each other can be in a school. It can be in a business place. It can be in a place of study. I remember when I was in high school, getting with the other students and praying every day for our school and just knowing God's glory in our school. He wants to pour out his glory across the earth and he has a bride across the earth that he wants to carry it in their beautiful love for each other. So I've been reading, you know, when you, I don't know if you like me, but when I read the Bible, if there's a good chapter, I'm not going to the next chapter. I'm like sticking in this one. So I've been in John 7, I mean, John 13 to John 17, I've probably been in there for about two weeks. I'm just going through it really slowly. And so John 17, Jesus, Jesus prays the high priest priestly prayer, and it's the night just before he's crucified. And so let me give you the context of this night. Jesus has been desiring to eat the Passover with his disciples before he is crucified. And the Passover meal has been prepared in the upper room. And Jesus sits down with his disciples. And in this precious moment, where Jesus is about to reveal the glory of the cross and bring us into it, the disciples start to argue over who is the greatest. And Judas decides, now is the time to betray Jesus. Jesus, knowing that Judas is about to do this, he gets up and he washes the disciples' feet. What a beautiful illustration of how we can serve those Christians around us to host the glory of God in great humility. And this is symbolic of the next day when Jesus will lay down his life for those who hate him. And after this, Jesus blesses the bread and gives thanks for the wine. And, and this is what we call commune, the feast of Jesus. And this is symbolic of Jesus giving his life for them. Again, the way he's doing this, the, the, the washing of the feet, laying down his life and, and purifying the, the bread and the wine. And then Jesus brings his final message to the disciples, known as the final discourse. And it's from John 13 to John 17. It's an incredible passage that you can just meditate on. Over and over. And this message starts with the new commandment. And what I love about the new commandment, I think it's like Trump's, the great commandment. It's incredible because it's this, to love each other as Christ has loved us. Not with all my heart or my strength or my mind or everything I am. To love as Christ's love. That his love would flow through us into others A sacrificial love where his glory is poured through our lives. How can we love in a way that his glory, his heart, his tenderness, his joy pours through our love? After he finishes um, this prayer at the end of John 17, the disciples leave and they go to Gethsemane where Jesus prays alone with the Father. And the disciples fall asleep just when he needed them. Judas arrives, betray Jesus with a kiss, and the disciples abandon Jesus. Jesus is arrested and is trialed by the high priest, and Peter denies Jesus three times, and Jesus is crucified. Right as Jesus wants to reveal his glory, his disciples are arrogant. They are denying, they are fleeing, they are competing, they are betraying. And Jesus wants to reveal his glory. And it's the same with this, the church today. He's like, I want to reveal my glory. Come into my humility. Come into my humility how I wash the disciples' feet. Come into my love. Come into my love through you because I want to reveal my glory amongst you. This is the love that young people across the globe who have been caught up in the world have been caught up in this betrayal and the pain of the world that the disciples showed, they are desperate for it. They are desperate to see this in the church. And if we can love them with a love that carries this glory, it will transform them, and this will transform cities. In the midst of you experiencing from those around you betrayal, and maybe it's just been this week, denial and arrogance and lack of care in a time of need. There is a love from God that wants to flow through you to them that transcends how you are being treated by these people but brings a glorious love that can only come from the Father and will reveal the Son. And the Word will see that we are His disciples. So the end of John 17... Jesus has just finished praying for his disciples, but he concludes praying for us. He's actually praying for us, those who will come after his disciples. And he prays it will be one of his glorious love. And so I think right now, as I read this section to you, I want you to realize Jesus prayed this prayer for us. He prayed at the very end of, I think it's such a significant section, John 13 to John 17. But this last section of the significant section is just for us It's a prayer. And how much does the Father long to answer the prayers of Jesus? How much does the Spirit of God longing to answer this? Let's read it. And as I read it, I pray that we will receive it right into us. John 17 verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. In Christ, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Let's continue. Verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father. Even though the world does not know you, I know you and these that you have sent me, and, and these that you have sent me, and I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Oh, what a passage of oneness that the Trinity have, that we have come into. And now we come into their oneness, and we come into their glory, and we come into their love. I tell you, there's something irresistible about this. When the young people in the world are desperate for authenticity, there's nothing more authentic than the Trinity and us coming into it and loving in that place. Jesus goes from this prayer to Gethsemane and from there to the cross where he has his death, his resurrection, his ascension, which we just prayed as we did this, as we took communion. And um, it is in the death of Christ. So Jesus praises and then he actually, after his prayer, he starts to outwork it in the cross. It's in the death, resurrection, the ascension, this prayer is answered so that we can come into this oneness. This is so wonderful. You don't need to work into this oneness in Christ. You need to just rest into it. Believe what Christ has done. Receive what he has done. And then outwork in the way you love. We have been united in the death of Christ. What that means for my wife and I, the hostility between us has been broken. What that means for us with the Koran. We do not compete with them or think we're better than them. The hostility is broken. We come to serve and love them. What does that mean with the church next door? We come to serve them and love them. In Christ, everything in us that the disciples did to Jesus while he's trying to pour out his glory. Everything that's in us wants to do that has been now crucified with Christ. We've been completely free from that. Our old self is dead. But just as Christ rose, we're also united in Christ with him. So just as Jesus resurrected, we are resurrected with Christ. We're created in Christ for good works. We're created as his church. As he rose, we rose as his beloved children. Our new selves in him. Made to love. But not only are we united With his death and his resurrection, we're united with his ascension. We're together, one family in Christ before our beloved family. Seated together in heavenly places, his glory all around us, his movements all around us over every principality and power that would try and crush us. But we sit there with our beloved father and we love and we are loved and we listen and we speak this place belongs to us in Christ. This is where my marriage belongs. This is where my family belongs. This is where my relationship with my Christian friends belongs. This is where my relationship with my church belongs. We belong. Our old selves crucified, created in Christ Jesus, in the resurrection, built with our beloved Father over every principality and power to behold his glory and love each other from there. In this place, we are unstoppable. In this place, we can disciple the nations. In this place, it doesn't matter what persecution is happening, we can lay down our lives. In this place, we can fast. If we believe, we will see the glory of God. The same glorious oneness that the Trinity enjoy, we are in together in Christ. We are in the storm of his glory together. I remember I spent, uh, in the last 10 years, I had such a wonderful revelation that that because I was in Christ, I was always before my beloved father, that we were always heart to heart and face to face. That The spirit of God was revealing the father to me and, and he was revealing my heart to the father. And, and I was always in the storm. And I thought, wow, that must be fullness. But it's not. There's so much more because it's not me with my beloved father in Christ. Standing next to me is Roz. Standing next to me is Dan and Jace. Standing next to me is Kate. We're all in God's glory together as one beloved family. What happens if we start to believe this? What happens if we start to love each other from here? What happens? Oh, I feel like in the Reformation, this is also something I'm sharing with Jace. I feel like in the Reformation, God revealed the Spirit of God in us. We're born again. And then at Pentecost, he revealed the Spirit of God upon us. But what if right now in this kingdom season, he's revealing the Spirit of God in our relationships? That together we would host his presence. That together the believers everywhere, not just the preacher at the front who's speaking, would be anointed and would go, wow, signs and wonders. But our love for each other in our workplaces in our schools in that we would host the presence of God that would be sensitive to him and move with him I have seen this at FCC I remember when he asked me to come and share at FCC and I was so taken aback by the presence of God and the worship that you can have so many kids who don't know the gospel but because who sorry who who are in families who don't know the gospel. But because the Christians in that school have a love for each other, they're hosting the glory of God together. These kids are growing up in it. Wow. You guys are front runners, but there's so much more. There's a globe that needs it. There's a globe that needs it. There's a globe that needs it. I remember my son, Pete, I shared the story when I was at FCC. He's three years old, little fella, and we went to we went to Tassie because uh, Rosie uh, graduated Bible College, so we, it was in, the graduation was in, in Melbourne, and so we were there and. And we wanted to climb this mountain and see this view. My dad's like, Steve, it's too high for Pete. He's three, he won't be able to do it. So I'm like, no, we're gonna do it. It's number one on my list. I had like ten things I want to do in Tassie, we're doing this This is number one. And so we're there and I'm like, get the bottom, and I like these people who have the walk they come up, they got their walking sticks, aluminium walking sticks, and active wear and all that stuff, and they walk past us and I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be quite interesting. So I'm like, Pete, wouldn't it be amazing if you climbed this whole mountain without me even picking you up? He's like, yes, daddy. I'd be like, you'd be a little mountain crusher. You could tell grandma and grandma. He's like, yes, daddy. So we start climbing and I'm just encouraging Pete, Pete, you're a mountain crusher. You're going to crush this mountain. You're going to crush this mountain. We get halfway up. I'm like, Pete, look at the view. I've encouraged you once. Yes. Are you going to crush this mountain? And he's like, yeah, I'm a little mountain crusher, daddy. And I'm like encouraging him up the mountain. And as we get to the top, that walking group that came in front of us, they turn around and they see Pete. There's about 12 of them. And they get their aluminium walking sticks and they make a little archway for Pete. And they clap him as he walks through the little archway like a little Frodo. It was so. But these Karen kids, right now, there's mountains in front of them. It's poverty. Haven't heard the gospel, no education it's COVID, it's lockdowns. Right now, it looks like, it just looks like war. It's happening in Myanmar. There's so much mountains around these kids. And I tell you, kids can't crush mountains without Christ. They need him because he wants to walk beside them and say, you little mountain crusher, I love you. I'm with you. I'm with you. You can crush this mountain. I'm with you. And how does Jesus do it? He does it through us His church. He wants us to walk beside these young people and let his love flow through us. It's like he's walking beside them. It's like he's walking beside them. You can crush this mountain, you little mountain crusher. You little mountain crusher. You can do it. As we lovingly journey with his Quran, with FCC, with the children in this place, they can become who they were made to be in Christ. They can be transformed into glorious children of God. I tell you this. In Christ, we are unstoppable together. It's only when we're outside of Christ that we are unstoppable. It's only in our old sinful nature that we are unstoppable. But what Christ has brought us into, we are unstoppable. So when we come into Christ, because He is unstoppable, We come into it. Yes, we will go right into sufferings if that's where he's going. We'll go right into pain. We'll go right into poverty. But we will go with the life of Christ and the power of God and the glory of God and the love of God and the glory of Jesus. And it will transform children and it will transform cities. Because when mountains are in cities over children and when children crush those mountains, a city is transformed. Malachi 4, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day the Lord comes and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. If our hearts don't turn to the young people, the land is devastated. But if we turn, the land is transformed. What would happen if in all we are, just as the Father turned to us and sent Christ, we turned and sent our lives. And we went forward and laid down our lives. I want to share a story about um, Super Kanya. Uh, Wayne and I, we went to her church. She's a little princess that my family sponsor, big personality. Um, she's Koran. And uh, her parents got saved in a village ages away. There were no other Christians in the village. They left that village and came to this village where they are now. And, um, and this is a church that runs the Compassion Program. But when the pastor first came to this area, they would drive Christians out. No Christians allowed. Drive them out. And they'd share the gospel. They weren't interested. Uh, so we started running the Compassion Program. Started loving the kids. And the kids started leaving their families to Jesus changed the whole region. Now that whole city, he's in 100 of the 120 families with our drive Christians out are now Christians it's just transformed the region. Uh, Super Kanya, her older sister, um, she's doing accounting and in, in her accounting, she's also um, mentoring the younger kids in the compassion program. In this area of, of uh, where we work, 20%, about 20% of the kids in the compassion program, so from 12 to 20, that kind of youth age, those older kids in our program are mentoring younger kids in the program, so we're training them up to be agents of change in the community, but also disciples. This is what our young people want; they want to be released into their fullness. When I when we met the pastor, I've met the pastor a couple of times, but first time I met him, he was on a ten day fast, and he had just finished a forty day fast, and he'd been praying. and he, he just does just water, and we've been praying for a. Re- He's been praying for this region to the north. And his church is a praying church, sound like someone you know, and they pray every night, this church. They go outside, put a fire, get the guitar, and they just pray, except they can sing. The Koran can sing and they can cook as well. And um, they, this amazing church, they've they, they been sending the, the kids in the Compassion Program to this area to the north, four hours to the north. Uh, three, maybe three hours depending on the drive, and just really praying for this region, which is unreached. It's an unreached region. It's all opium farming. And so they've been praying for this area. The pastor's been fasting for this area and, and sending the Compassion, the Kids in the program up on these... These troops, and it was so exciting because when I was there, um, they were planting a church in the area, and the local church I go to gave thirty thousand dollars so that we could get this church planted and towards it, and the local church put some money in, and the denomination put some money in, and we built this church, had a wonderful time just like establishing it. This whole area is opium farming, and so this region needs to be transformed like it ne- like the mountain of of I live in an opium farming community. And I remember um, Wayne and I met, we met one, I don't know if you came with me, we met one father, he was just totally stoned, just like destroyed from his opium farming, having opium. And what that meant for his kids, it was devastating that that that's their dad, but they could become like him. And so we we got this church going and and Compassion work with the local church to get this new church plan, and brought in hundreds of kids from this area, the opium farming area. And this was uh, 2019. Um, they were just built. There was no church there, but 2020 when we went, it was all built. It's exciting. And we're hearing the vision. And uh, about three months ago, I get a message from one of the Compassion staff. And he said this to me. 25 little kids in the program in an unreached region have already led their families to Jesus opium farming community is getting transformed because the church in Coburn, Melville Fremantle says we're journeying with you we're with you we are one in Christ we love you and so we bless you and we sponsor these kids, our love is from the father to you and you bring it to the unreached region and you see this area transformed, this is what the glory of God looks like This is how a love from the Father through us can transform a region. And I honor you for being part of this. But I ask you boldly. Because in this season, COVID is just pushing millions. They say it could be 100 million people back into poverty. It's just... It's just devastating what, what is happening. And these are families that were already in some kind of poverty, but they're just going even lower into that $1.95 US poverty. What is the church going to do about it? Because it's not the government's responsibility, because they're not in the glory. They're not in Christ. They haven't got it. The responsibility of what's happening from COVID, it's first to the church because we have Christ in us. The hope of glory and this love that he wants to flow through us cannot fail. His love never fails. It's unstoppable. And so where will we take this love? And so I ask you from my heart, can you sponsor a child today? Can you sponsor one of these beautiful Korean kids? Maybe you're already sponsoring. Can you sponsor another child and we also have a couple of projects in the area that we need for education. And there's a boy with leukaemia who needs help with cancer treatment, one of these Karen boys. If you want to help with that, let me know as well. Um, Just come and have a chat to me, but come and talk to us at the table. We'd love to see more and more children released from poverty in Jesus' name because this is what the unstoppable love of God looks like flowing through us. It looks like we're up to 51, but we keep going. We keep loving these kids, and so I encourage you, if you can, and, and those who are sponsoring, don't hold back on the love. Don't hold back. Pray for them. Bless them. Let God pour through you into their lives. Thank you so much for partnering with Compassion, your school, your, your, uh, your church. I honor you for it. We honor you for it. Compassion means so much. Let me pray. Father, you've made us your children your beloved children, and you're our beloved Father. And in this love together, you've given us your precious Holy Spirit. Would you manifest yourself in our love? Would you not just love through me, myself, me, me, me. Father, teach us how to love together in a way where your Spirit can manifest. Pour through us not just to love through us here oh father would you pour through us for the Karen. would you pour through us for this persecuted people group that right now are in so much pain love through us love through us these young people in the program these kids who are getting their health care and nutritious food education through the program getting discipled Father pour your glory into their lives open their eyes to your love to who they are in Christ do great works amongst the Koran do great works amongst them we pray let joy be so deep in them, though the pain around them is like a mountain because you are amongst them. And Father, just as Wayne said that he felt the prayers of the saints in this season, may they feel the prayers of the saints and the love and support through the sponsorship. When we stand before you on Judgment Day, may there be some wonderful children standing with us that Christ would be glorified. Amen.
2: Amen. Steve, we want to say thank you for coming because through you, you've given us a fresh glimpse of the Father's heart. And you've been faithful in running with this. And it was so easy to say yes to this that time. We had that catch-up meal conversation because it was totally in sync with his heart, the Father's heart. And you've come today and you've again captured and embodied the heart of the Father.